Hello, and welcome to the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. This is episode 446. This is coming to you, I would say live, but recorded from the studios up here on Whidbey Island in Washington State. I am your host, Daniel Gregory. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you are having a wonderful week of zen and relaxation. I'm hoping you're finding your zen, finding your bliss, getting a few moments out of the craziness of the week, kind of center yourself and have a creative, inspirational moment. This week, we're going to talk about how we already know what we need to do in our photography. We already know what we need to know and how we make sure we continually stay on that path and not get sidetracked by some of the things that might get in the way. But before that, just a reminder that October 30th through November 3rd is a free week of Photoshop training. The Photoshop Virtual Summit 5 is happening. An amazing week of free Photoshop education. Lots of new classes, all on the new stuff in Photoshop, new stuff in Camera Raw, all sorts of things like that. Really great creative inspirational classes. Mine are not on AI generation. Mine are on fixing Photoshop when it goes awry and causes you frustration and makes you go to the Google and look for answers on how to fix it. And then 45 tips in 45 minutes on Camera Raw. So I'm really kind of trying to push the envelope there on seeing how much information I can get in 45 minutes. So I'm excited about that. You can check out the registration link here in the show notes. All right, so one of the things about sort of working and trying to be a photographer and trying to create photographs and do all that sort of stuff and maintain the balance of our regular lives of dealing with family and friends and, and all the things that come up with that work, health, all those things sort of intersect in interesting ways. And one of the things that I've found sort of as an underpinning current that I hear and listen to when I hear people talk, and it's not just, you know, people in classes, this is just friends I talk to over coffee, things like that. We just hear some interesting little pieces. And one of those things is, do we really know what we need to make the kind of photographs we want? And I do think we probably all, for the most part, know what we need to do to make good, interesting photographs. And I think it's sort of analogous to healthy eating. We know what healthy eating looks like. And yet there are so many diets out there. There's a thousand different diets out there to help you lose weight, uh, achieve your goals, achieve the look you want, all sorts of different things. And I remember having a conversation with my cardiologist after I had a little AFib incident caused by a mismedication. But I asked that cardiologist, like, well, you know, what's the sort of healthiest eating I could do to prevent this from ever happening again? One of the things that she said was, well, across all the stuff, a Mediterranean diet is sort of the, the probably the better way of going about eating. And I said, oh, I don't want to do a diet. She's like, oh, you're mis hearing the word. A Mediterranean a diet is what we sustain ourselves with. She's like, this is not dieting to lose something. This is a healthy way of approaching how you relate to food and the type of foods you eat. And I was like, wow, that's true. That's true. I guess diet has been sort of perverted in a lot of ways to imply it's something you go on and then get off. It's a quick fix for a problem versus a significant lifestyle change. And if you're eating Mediterranean food, that's your diet. It's kind of like if you're eating Indian food every day, Indian food is your diet. That's what you're sustaining yourself on. And so I know this is a long diatribe on dieting. However, I think sort of our approach to photography, our approach to creating our work is in that same vein. We either sustain ourselves by what we do and how we live every day. I eat a Mediterranean diet, a Mediterranean set of food, and that's my healthy eating, and that's the approach I take. Or I'm sort of in this volatile, I'm on a low-carb, 
high carb, low fat, high fat. I'm on a, uh, what's the one where you fasting diet where I'm not eating this, I'm not eating that, I'm on this, I'm on that. That we sort of shotgun in and out these different approaches. And the volatility that creates in our process of our creative process of I'm trying this, then I'm trying that, then I'm trying this, and I'm trying this. And this isn't discovery of sort of what are my interests, but I'm trying to solve a problem. I'm trying to fix a problem versus finding out what is in the long run in the sustainability of our creative practice and our creative process, what sustains us in the long run? What is, in fact, the healthiest thing to feed ourselves in our creative process? And I think for a lot of us, that's probably pretty consistent. There's not a, oh, one thing for one person, one thing for another. There's a certain sort of approach we take in terms of what's good for us, we feed our soul with. What's bad for us, we do less of. The problem is, I think a lot of times, the bad things for us in our creative practice are seemingly easier, and they sort of row up against a couple of negativities that show up in our creative practice. And I think one of the things that happens is, at times, we suffer from a lack of confidence. We believe that the work we're creating isn't good enough. It's not the right thing. It could be better. It could be this. It could be that. And we lack the confidence to then continue the work. So in that process of that lack of confidence, we start a lot of negative talk. That negative talk then becomes sort of self-fulfilling. We start to notice more and more critical issues within our work, more and more things we don't like in our work. That leads to increased difficulty in the work. That makes things harder in the work. And as a result, then we start grasping for things that will quickly solve that problem. We don't want to feel bad. So we start to look at, well, I look at these photographs in social media and they get a lot of hits and a lot of people seem to like them. So we start to emulate that. Or we stop taking photographs altogether. We stop our creative process. We don't want to have that experience. But that call to be creative, that call and that need to create continually creeps back up. We might go out and buy new equipment. We try to solve that difficulty, that negative talk, that lack of confidence by a new camera brings with it a new rejuvenation, a new confidence. Whatever it is, we start to feed in some of those quick fixes, those quick diet tips to do that versus a sustained way of being. And so I think one of the things that's important is for us to identify within our process and within our ways of being, what are the things that feed our creative soul, that give us energy, that give us sustainability based on the inputs we give it. And for a lot of us, I think one of those things is the actual act of creating. We actually go out and make photographs, whether it's with our phone, our cameras, whatever we're using, we go out and actually make work. I think that's an important piece of the process. I think we look at and consume work that is good and interesting to us. It's not just the mindless absorption of thousands and thousands of images, regardless of whether they're of quality or interest to us. But we start to look at inspirational work, things that are interesting to us. We start to gain and look at interesting stories. One of the things that people talk a lot about in photography is the importance of storytelling. Well, the way you become a better storyteller is to engage in reading and understanding more interesting stories and becoming better at communicating those stories in you externally. Part of the consumption in there is what are good stories, whether it's cinematic, literature, poetry, visual, oral narratives, whatever they are, who are the good storytellers that you're feeding yourself with? What is it that they bring to you to help you understanding not just 
compositional elements within the photograph, but sort of that emotional story element, that extra element, extra layer to the photograph that makes it more compelling and more interesting. When we start to bring in healthy foods, we start to bring in healthy things within our diet. We start to realize like, wow, if I actually follow the workflow process of global edits, local, regional edits, local edits, if I actually print my work, if I actually do some of these small things and I do them on a regular basis, they're going to deliver higher value to me than this junk food that I would process in. And for me, a lot of times, you know, that junk food comes in equipment. I would be remiss in saying that's not the reorganization of my work. It would come in as not creating work. It would show up as a sort of looking at not photography that's inspirational, but just looking at random photography, you know, whether it's social media, books, magazines, and sort of looking at those as like, oh, maybe I should get into fashion photography. I have no interest in it, never wanted to do it, don't have any desire to do that, but oh, it's something different. It gets me out of my rut. Well, that's sort of junk food thinking rather than what is engaging in the work I do? As a landscape person, is one of the things I photograph is the landscape. Well, what does the landscape mean? What defines landscape? What defines my relationship to landscape? What are books about that? You know, reading Walden, Thoreau's Walden was something I can return to in the relationship Thoreau had to the land and how we should relate to the land is a way to have me connect in a meaningful way for me back into the sort of context that which I think of my landscape photography sort of fitting. Now, this doesn't mean that I make photographs that sell more. It doesn't mean that I make photographs that are more impactful for others, but I'm definitely feeding myself so that my own creative process is benefiting me as the person to create more work, to create more engaging work, to help me understand the context of my own work and process within what's going on. And I think that's really at the core and at the crux of what we're looking for and what we're attempting to do with our process is we want to continually find that we're creating things that are interesting, they're engaging, they have meaning. The impact of those comes from, again, what we put into that. And if we're constantly searching for what we need more of and what we do more of is junk food, we end up not having what we need to get started. So that question of, do I know what I need to do? Yes, I need to eat healthy. Is it easy to eat healthy? No, it's a lot more fun to go eat junk food. I love to eat junk food, but it's healthier for me to eat healthy. My creative practice is the same way. Is it easier for me to sort of slide into bad habits to consume that creativity junk food? Absolutely. But if I stick with what's healthy in my approach and I'm good about my portion sizes, I'm good about the type of foods that I eat, I end up in a better space. And the interesting thing about the creative process, much like eating well, is the more we feed it healthy stuff, the easier it becomes. The more creative we become, the more excited we come about the process because we just feel better about our process. Part of that negative talk comes from the fulfillment of an empty promise of the negative junk food that we consume. When we consume healthy things into our creative process, that negative talk is reduced. It doesn't ever necessarily go away, but it's mitigated because it no longer has negative calories to feed on. The positive side of what we're bringing into our process gives us a lift to allow us to make better choices and better decisions. 
So as you're thinking about, do you know what you need to do to make the photographs you want? Absolutely. And the analogy of what we eat and how we consume food, I think, is a great just line up parallel analogy for understanding why it doesn't always work that way. Because sometimes we make decisions that aren't necessarily the healthiest. And it's okay to do that once in a while. But when we start to only consume junk food in our creative life and in our regular life, it leads to a bad place, a bad location, a bad decision, and bad photographs. So no matter what you decide ultimately is your healthy consumption, focusing in on that, and even on the days you don't want to drink that 64 ounces or however many ounces of water you drink, and you don't want to eat those extra serving of vegetables, suck it up, do what you need to do that's your equivalent of a full plate of vegetables for your creativity, and you'll be amazed, I think, at how much that makes a difference in your creative practice. Thanks so much for joining me this week for the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. Don't forget to check out that Photoshop Creative or that Photoshop Virtual Summit 5, October 30th, November 3rd. Registration for a free week of training in the Jump Show Notes. Have a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening. If you love the podcast, make sure you give us a rating up on wherever you listen to the podcast. That helps other people find the podcast. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.